Welcome to the Mommy Mogul Podcast. If you are looking for a place to get real about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship, it being a part of a community of purposeful, successful, and faith-filled mommy moguls sounds like the right place for you, then come on in, sis. Have a seat. Get comfortable because you have found your place and you have found your people. Tonight, we are here with Miss Shanika Sadler. I am Shawnee Faye, the Mommy Mogul Mentor, and I am breaking the mold and helping moms to ditch the 95 grind. Miss Shanika, I am so excited to have you here. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Shanika L. Sadler. I am, I've, I've been, a, I was, I'm a registered nurse for over 13 years. I own a very successful healthcare staffing agency. I'm a single mom of three. And I discovered my passion that of helping women discover their purpose. So I am now about to launch my Purposepreneur Academy, where I'm going to help women like me, you know, find their purpose and make some money doing it, like purpose to profit. Um, so that's a little spill about me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. All right. So rewind. Let's unpack that because a lot of people are out here asking themselves, what is my purpose? Like, why has God intended me to be here? What is my special thing? And it can have a lot of pressure on people. Mm. So tell me a little bit about how you came into your purpose and how that is now driving you to help other women. So my purpose came with two tragedies, right? So um, to a little rewind, in 2019, I was soul searching. I always knew that there was something big for me because I was the black sheep of the family. And I was like, well, if I started out in life so, so like in this bottom of life, you know, culture wise, um, God must have something great for me. So in 2019, I was fed up with life, fed up with bedside nursing, and I was really searching for Shanika. But I was looking for Shanika in friends. I was looking for Shanika out in guys, in partying, and doing everything that I wasn't supposed to do, right? And I asked God, I said, God, what is my purpose? Like, it has to be, right? So I started like listening to Steve Harvey because he's really funny and, but he has a message. Right. And then, um, in 2019, in August, 2019, I will never forget this. I was sleeping on the couch downstairs. I used to live in North Carolina. I was sleeping on the couch, getting ready for my 12 hour shift. And God spoke to me and said, Shaniga, if you do not change, you're going to die. And it was not like he was talking about physical death. He was talking about death from all of my dreams, my goals, my ambition, you know, because I always see myself as rich for one. Mm-hmm. I always see myself not clocking in anyone's job. Like, mm-hmm. listen. <laughs> Amen to that part, honey. Listen, <laughs> you know, like, because I always saw myself free. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to put it. I always saw myself free. But, you know, I, I, I'm a single mom, so I had to work the nine to five because I didn't believe in myself. Mm. So that happened in 2009. So the two tragedies that happened was in 2020, I lost my mom to COVID. Um, actually, it was like 11 days after my 30, my 36th birthday, right? She died on March 27th. And that really propelled me to um, drive forward with my dreams, like it really like prepared me like life is really short like she was here on Thursday and she's gone on Saturday I just spoke to her on Sunday she just had a cold mm-hmm. that's when we didn't really know the ramification of COVID right yeah so I loved her and it really like I don't want to die with all of this inside of me I don't want to die and not live a bigger vision 
So I started my healthcare staffing agency, went very well. I made seven figures in like less than a year, like more money that I didn't even ask God for all of that. Cause all I was, all I really asked God for was to just let me be home with my babies. Let mm-hmm. me go for them at school. As a single mom, you know, when other, when the mom and the dad show up or the mom show up and the other kids and you don't see your mom or dad, it kind of do something to you. Kind of yes. like, does anybody care about me? Mm-hmm. I know they know you have to work, but do they really understand? Like, you know, do they really understand? Like they're not understanding the work. They're like, they want you to be there. Yeah. To be there. And that used to hurt me. And I was like, I just want to be there for my babies. It just replace my income. I wasn't even asking God for millions. I was just asking <laughs> God to replace my travel income. I think it was about probably like 85000 at that time. With overtime. Mm-hmm. Out of overtime. which takes away more time from the kids right so so it took away a lot of time but i had to do what i had to do and at that time i was really desperate so i saw the opportunity to open my own business i made the money and um in 2022 my son's father passed away from cancer. I think that's a little bit before I met you. So he passed away the end yeah. of September and I met you in November. So he passed away actually September 11th. Wow. He passed away. Yes. He passed away from cancer, lung cancer, stage four, metastasized, the whole thing. And it's one thing when you are a nurse and then it's one thing when you are the patient's family. So I'm mm. opening up because not everybody in the hospital, right? Because they don't know how to do anything, right? <laughs> so what that... <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing? Did y'all check the chart? Did y'all check the... Did you do the same? Because you know you got to do... Yeah, I, was, I know. <laughs> and you know what's so, what's, what's so amazing that I started my entrepreneurship journey? When he was sick in the hospital, I was able to not have him to ask anybody for time off. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go fill out no bereavement paper, no sick time paper, no call yep. out, no FLMA, whatever they call it. I don't even know the word. None, I didn't have to go through that, right? <laughs> I don't know the word because it, it never worked for me. Like, they'd be like, right. You know? So I never had to do any of that. So I just had to jump on a plane, be in New York, jump back on another plane, be in Florida, you know, back and forth. Good thing my good girlfriend was here and she stayed with the girls for me. So that really propelled me like, I have to live this life. I have to be, I have to be free. Yeah. Right? And then also it sets an example for your kids too, right? Because like you, going back to what you were saying about, you know, when you go and your, everybody else's kids are being picked up by mom and dad and you're just waiting because either mom's running late from work because she's on a lunch break and she's got to like hustle, get you, go back. You know, there's all these things. And yeah, they understand to a certain extent that like mommy has to work. But I think where the misunderstanding for them and really not to any fault of their own is, well, why is work more important? Yeah. Like why is work the priority and not me? I know she has to work, but why does it have to take priority? And so I, I think that's what drives a lot of us to throw in that nine to five, you know, hat and like take on entrepreneurship because mothers are really the heart of the family. And if they are not present, then I mean, like we lose, you know, families lose. Like, yes, fathers are important. No shade to daddies because they are very, very important. But mommies (laughs) are the heart. They're like the glue. You know what I mean? That like keeps it all together. And so when you don't have that, then you know, where are our kids going? What's the next step for them? So, yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I definitely understand what you're saying. 
it, it was one of the scariest decisions. But my thing with going into entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. I was so tired of being tired. So it had to work. I didn't give myself yeah. I didn't give myself any room to make excuse. I didn't give myself mm-hmm. any to say, oh, if it doesn't work, I'll try something else. No, I it had to work. It had to. Yeah. I didn't give this was yeah. it. I was like, God, listen, this it had to it had to work. If I got one contract, I'm a, I was going to work that contract till I, I was going to go work. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nurse. So I could go work my own contracts. It had to work. I didn't, mm-hmm. get my, I didn't get myself no room to make excuses, if, ends, and buts, or what if. I didn't have a plan B. All yeah. I had was plan. Yeah. So with the staffing agency, so if there's anybody who's listening who's like, oh, my God, she said she made a million dollars in less than a year, right? They're probably like, ooh, how can I, how can I be down? Right? So my question is, if you were, because I know there was a lot of stuff going on during that time, like with COVID and, you know, there was a high demand. And I know now the culture is different among nurses. A lot of them are tired of the bedside. So if you had to start that business over again, Mm -hmm. right now, could you see a way to still make it as profitable? Of course. It's still profitable. Yes. I think the thing is that it probably would have, I would have probably made more money. Mm. Because during COVID, there was agency popping up every week. The market right. oversaturated. So if COVID didn't happen, I started like like January, COVID hit March. So I was like going into it. Right. COVID mm-hmm. held me. So if COVID didn't happen, I would have so much competition per se. Right. So I would have been able to get more contracts. COVID well, saturated the market. I would have made more money if it wasn't for COVID. Well, I think that that's good for women who are listening to here because then they can think of that as an avenue that they can go down because the market is not as saturated right now. They can say, well, listen, because, you know, I'm just going through what they could be thinking like, wow, she made a million dollars, but it was COVID. So that's probably why she made that much. But you saying like, no, it was a competition. I could have made more should open people's eyes to like, okay, this is an avenue that I can definitely go down. Because if you're thinking, if you're listening and you're thinking, man, I really want to get rid of this nine to five job, but I just don't know what I can do. If you are in nursing, like there's avenues besides coaching and, you know, things like that. Like there's other ways that you can make money. Um, On my last episode, I actually spoke with uh, Monica Swint And she was talking about how she's like in the med spa industry and, you know, like hydration um, therapy, I think it's called. Monica, don't kill me. But (laughs) yes. Yeah. And how it's so important. So there's so many different avenues, you know, that they can get into. So I I appreciate you saying that because then kind of opens their eyes like, okay, there's still a chance. Let me get into it. Just to be clear, though, Shanika does not coach on that. She's a purpose coach. (laughs) I tried. Let me give you a disclaimer. I did try. I did have a couple of mentees when I first started because I was like, well, if I did this, I need to have, like, I'm always trying to help somebody, right? But Mm -hmm. if I I can help other people and I have helped people reach, you know, seven figure success, whatever. But it didn't, it wasn't my purpose. Mm. I was just doing it because, okay, I know the steps to do it, but it was very boring to me. Yeah, it was very tedious to me. I don't want it to sound bad, but no, I, but it well, just wasn't I, your, that like, wasn't your thing. You already have a company and you need some consultation. I can definitely come in and consult, but to sit down and coach you and mentor you and no, that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I can definitely come in and consult if you already have a business and you just need some structure. I can give you that, and you need some sell. I can definitely do that, but I ain't gonna mention you. I ain't gonna go do that. Hey ladies, I know that you're enjoying the episode and so I will not take too long of a time. I just wanted to talk to you guys. I'm on my way to go pick up my daughters from school and I want to talk to you really quickly about how you can make the change and kick your nine to five in the butt and let it all go and work from home doing exactly what you love, using everything that you already know. So the one of the biggest hurdles for me was really trying to figure out like, how am I going to replace my income? Like, how much money do I need to make this thing happen? What exactly is my quit budget? So I'm going to help you out. If you need to figure out exactly how you can replace your income, what that number looks like, how many people will it take for me to get to that point? I got you, sis. So go ahead and go to www www.mommymogamentor.com and sign up right now. And for absolutely free, I will give you your breakaway calculator to tell you exactly how much you need to fire your job. Love you. But with the with the purpose coaching. So I see that you actually have on April 22nd, uh, master classes coming up. So I, I saw that and I was like, ooh, this is exciting. Listen, first of all, you have been killing it on social media. Like just... It's I think you. it's very important for people. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> I think it is important for people to just see, like, we out here living our regular lives, you know? Like, and that's the joy about it is that I'm not always in uniform anymore. Like, I can, I, I swear, I always had that damn uniform on. Like, every picture, I was like, why is I'm, why am I in this uniform? <laughs> so, the freedom and flexibility, and that's really what you're showcasing, you know, is like, I have the flexibility. You were talking to me earlier about, um, you know, the ability to now, you want to get healthy with your family. Not that you guys are unhealthy, but you're taking a new journey. So, tell me about that, because that's exciting. So, this this last week, well, I went to Jamaica last week, like, right? I had an amazing time. Jamaica is my country. Oh, All right, girl. Did you get the groove back? No, <laughs> Let me get out of here. America have 10 good years with me. 10 good years America have with me. 10 good years. As soon as my baby turned 18, I am out. Like, I see myself traveling the world. The world is beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing to meet different people, to talk to different people. It was amazing. But I went to Jamaica and I just had an epiphany. Like, what if I just... I, my thing was that I want to start traveling more. Mm-hmm. I want to start seeing the world more. And I'm 39 now. And... I have to make sure that my body is up to traveling and going to different countries and being able to do the activities and all of that. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to really take my health to a next level, right? I'm going to really go out and do what I have to do. So I just was in the airport, checking into JetBlue, and I said, I'm going to make a flight. I did it in the airport. I'm like spontaneous. Like, remember you told me if my brain don't turn off, my brain don't turn off. I'm going to go vegan for 30 days sitting in the airport. Like, I just had the thought. So that was what it is because I want to live longer. I want to be around longer. I want to I want to explore the world. Like, seeing Jamaica from how I saw it this time, like, I never seen it like that. Like, I usually just stay in a hotel. I never went out and did the excursion and did all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, I need to be in good health. Because I was on the, um, me and my homegirls, we was on the RV. And it was like a whole work. I was like, we tired. I said, we going around one more <laughs> like, time. Like, I need a nap. <laughs> I was like, nah. I said, we are not going around one more time. This is a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <just> tired. <laughs> oh my 
back. <laughs> so I just wanted to take my health to a different level. And I said, why not try vegan? Like, I'd be yeah. putting stuff out there and I'd be like, I can't take it back. That's the good thing about social media. Once you put something out there, you kind of have to, like, live up to it, right? Ain't that the damn <laughs> truth? Ain't <laughs> <laughs> that the truth? Oh, my so, God. I do for myself to keep myself accountable when I want to do something before I second guess it. I put it on social media. Yeah. I put it on social media. I have to do it. Because I don't want to see seem incredible. I don't want to seem like somebody mm-hmm. trustworthy. So I put it on social media and I figure out the rest later. <laughs> <laughs> what is it though about people traveling to other countries and they come back and they're like, I think I'm gonna be vegan. You are the third person that I know that had okay, so my dad, funny story, my veg my dad is a vegetarian. Okay. And my brother is vegan. And so it's really bad because I still eat meat. So Christmas is like, mm. I got to eat what they eat because they run, you know, there's more of them. <laughs> you mean? <laughs> like, okay, so no turkey, no ham. Okay, good. <laughs> so when my dad came back from Trinidad one year, he just decided like, uh, I don't want to eat meat anymore. Mm-hmm. What? It was so random. And then my very good friend, she's just like, you know, I'm just, I'm not doing meat anymore. And I'm just like, girl, like, am I just going to be over here eating I did try it. I did try it once. And I was just like, why? Okay. So I couldn't get my mind around. (laughs) Like I was buying things that look like meat to replace, you know, actual meat products. And I'm like, so why don't I just eat chicken? (laughs) Since I'm buying to replace. Why don't I just eat chicken? Why do I want that? Right. Um, but I- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I think I have tried it before. Um, I had went like meatless for like four months, but this time it's different. This time it's like more of to live. I also want to survive. I want to live. Mm. I wanna enjoy the world. Like I made another commitment to myself that every end of every quarter, I'm going on a vacation by myself. Oh. Okay, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> I am going by my, I can't even, I, I wanted to go to Africa. You said you're going to Africa. I think it's amazing, but I have so much to do this summertime. So I'm just going to go to the Bahamas for a couple of days in June without the yeah. kids for five days by myself. So with the commitments I'm making to myself, um, my health has to be a part of that because this is the vehicle I have to take me there. Mm. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to go vegan. And I'm just having fun doing it. Like, I'm just having fun. You look like you're having fun doing it. I'm I'm having fun watching. I'm like, wait, let me see. Is she going to post what it looked like? Because I want Because if it looked good enough, I might try it. I'll, you know, you never know. <laughs> the curry goat. The curry goat today was a hit. Like. Okay. I, I'm going to try the curry I'm, Yes. That curry. You put the recipe, right? You put the recipe. I, I finished uploading. After this, I'm going to finish uploading everything. That was a hit. All right. And okay. it was. It's curry goat. is expensive. The, ba- the pack of thing was like $2. Okay. I'm okay. And I just love me some curry. Mm. Mm. I, yeah. love curry. I love curry. <laughs> well, my family's from Trinidad. I can't, can I claim Trinidad? Although it's just my, my people, my mom and my daddy. Yes. So I'm going to claim that. I'm from Trinidad. And we love some curry chicken, girl. Well, I'm a chick apostrophe in. <laughs> <laughs> Put the apostrophe and the end. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love that you said like you guys are doing it together, right? Because you mentioned before that like your son, he's in there helping you cook too. And like your sister. So I think that's amazing. Like the whole family is on board for this change. That's awesome. My kids will eat whatever. If I said today, I'm going to go vegan. They'd be like, all right. They wouldn't. 
It's me. Mind. I'm the protester. I'm always trying to negotiate. I negotiate with God. I negotiate with, with chicken. Like, I'm just always trying. Like, are you sure? Oh, chicken. I'm the chicken. <laughs> my, like, are you my, sure? I stop eating you. <laughs> my sister's been a vegan for probably 20 years. Well, she's a vegetarian, not a vegan. She eats, like, eggs and stuff. And we always try to make her eat meat. Like, we always trying to, like, sabotage her. <laughs> And she'd be like, what y'all doing? And she looks, she's older than me, but she looks younger than me. Everybody think I'm the mm. oldest sister. And I'm like, mm, something is, you know? So um, it's really just to, it's just really, it's really to develop that discipline also. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's really to develop that discipline. Like if I can put away something that I don't need for 30 days, I would develop a new discipline. That means I could be disciplined in every other area of my life. So that's my thing too. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about, like, you know, you mentioned Africa. I am so excited about this Africa trip, like 30 days. I just, oh my God, y'all stay tuned because season two is all Africa stuff. <laughs> but you mentioned, say it again. Africa. Yeah. All the season two is in Africa. I mean, we're going to be there for a month, right? So why not take advantage and like do all the things and show off all the things and like talk about it? Because it's really like the experience of a lifetime. Um, while we're there, we're also going to Morocco. We're going to Spain, and if time permits, we're going to jump over to Egypt. So I'm like, I'm excited. But you mentioned, like, you got a lot going on this <laughs> this summer. Um, so I know that you have something going on specifically for girls in your hometown. So yes. I'd love to hear about that. So um, one of the things that, um, that I wanted to do this year was I wanted to engage in a vision that was bigger than me. Because sometimes we have visions, but it's only for us, right? We only can see ourselves in the vision. But what happens is when you engage in a vision that's bigger than you and you see who you can help, it's like you think outside yourself. So with me thinking outside myself this year, who can I help? Where can I show up? I went back to little Shanika, not little Shanika, like teenager, teenage years Shanika. And I was like, I wish I had somebody to show me what I knew now mm-hmm. years ago. Right? Yeah. I said, what can I do for my community? Because when I go back to my community, I'm very sad. Like just mm-hmm. the state of the community. Like it's no, it's like um a, a dead end road, right? Mm-hmm. There's no getting out. It's just, it's just one way in and it's just like you're stuck, right? And I said to myself, I'm going to help young girls, 18, 17, 18, build a business and show them entrepreneurship. You know, not all of them want to go to school. Not all of them want to go to college. And not all their parents can afford college. And if they do go to college, it's usually the community college. And the community college is so competitive. It's just like you're just in high school. And what about the ones that don't even care for going to community college? What about the ones that are creative and they want to use their creativity to start a business, but they don't know how or use their creativity to build wealth or whatever they want to do with their creativity? What about those girls? Right? We don't have it in our community. So I came up with Boss Up Your Summer, Summer Youth Entrepreneurship Program. I'm going to take 10 girls from my neighborhood. You have to be from the Bronx. You have to live in the Bronx. I'm going to look at your address. I'll probably show up at your door. Right? <laughs> How's I know you coming? I know the Bronx. Right? <laughs> and I really want to teach them. Um, I have another um, 
um, young guy that I grew up with, my friend's husband, and he does sales and marketing. So he's going to teach me sales and marketing. I have someone who's going to come and teach him about business credit. So it's really, really to just give them a foot in the door to show them that there's more options out there for them. And imagine imagine this, Shani. If I can change one, if I can aid in changing one young lady's life, and she go out and do the same for somebody else, and they go out and do the same, that's the vision that I want to be engaged in. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be doing this summer. Start in July, six weeks. I'm going to be in New York, back and forth in New York and stuff like that. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited about it. I got, like, goosebumps when you said, imagine if I could help one. Ooh. Just one, right? Because, I mean, yes, you would love to help all, but it doesn't have to be all. If it's just one, like the ripple effects that that can have, you know? And you said that they don't have those things, right? They don't have access to those type of things. And it's because people like you have to come and build it. Yes. Like that is part of the purpose, right? That is why you had to step into your destiny, into your purpose so that you could be there to build it for them. Yes. Like, <sighs> yes, that's the God is so good. <laughs> God is so good. Is just look at, like, look at how it works, you know, like one little, your guess and how it can translate for other people because there's somebody out there who doesn't even know that they need what you have because their mind hasn't even been opened to like what the possibilities are and then here you come and they can't unsee it they can't unsee it you know they can't unfeel what they are going to experience in that moment you know working with you and it's just I cannot wait to see what comes of that. I, I'm going to be on your social media. I'm stalking. Okay. I'm stalking your social media because I want to know what happens. Like, it's like a, um, it's like a Cinderella story, right? And you just want to see <laughs> But instead of the prince, it's like, well, who ends up in the, with the business at the end? You know, like, I just, yeah. I'm excited. The plan is for all of them to at least to launch their business or create their business idea. And then at the end of the six weeks is for, is the plan also, you know, you don't want to just give them the six weeks and just be like deuces, right? You want to, um, the plan at the end of the six weeks is to um, hook them up with a mentor in the community for six months to a year to give them hands-on experience. Okay. So, okay. So how, so how does that work? Like you have businesses that will be lined up and ready to, Oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going actually going to New York. I'm supposed to be in New York today, but my kids is not going to let me leave. I just left. They'd be like, you always go on. <laughs> I'm, you're, now you're home and you can be home all the time. When you leave for a couple of days, you're always gone. Like you can't win in this mommy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they try to get you with that mom guilt all the time. Like, Y'all ain't yeah. fooling nobody with the mom guilt. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You, you want to come with me? I have school. I'll be like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to New York the end of the month or the middle of the month. I think um like the end of the month. So I'm gonna to speak to local businesses there in my in the community. Um and ask them if they're, you know, they're interested in being volunteers to help mm-hmm. our younger. So if I get a couple, I'm gonna be one of the mentors too for the young girls so i'm probably gonna have two or three young girls and then i'm gonna disperse them depending on what they want to do so that's 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 the plan um also i will that's the bigger plan is to build um a um entrepreneurship like a it's like a community center but it's like for young kids they come in and learn entrepreneurship they come in and they learn different skill sets to go out to change the marketplace so that was like a bigger vision that i have to build something like that in the community 
Oh my gosh, that's so good. Well, and see, this is another reason. Like, I hope whoever's listening, start writing down like all the reasons why you should do entrepreneurship. Like, I love to say that entrepreneurship is not an option, it's an insurance policy. So even if you are just hell bent on keeping your nine to five job because you're like, oh my God, but I love how, you know, my money stay green. Like I knew a lady, she always used to say, oh, long as my money stay green, she probably gonna listen to, she gonna kill me. <laughs> I'm gonna get a phone call about this. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, your money can stay green and entrepreneurship too. It may just not stay as regular. Like we gotta be real about that. You know, the paychecks may not come as regular, but when they come, Oh, they come. It's good. They come in. They big. And you good. You satisfied, right? Yeah. You <laughs> You're not hungry. You okay. Paychecks. You just need the one paycheck. See, y'all looking for the 52-week-a-week paycheck. I just Listen. need the one paycheck for the year. No, this is, I'm going to live for the year, right? So it don't they come right until the time comes, right? It's like that good rain. <laughs> yeah. It's paying for the people in the back. I don't think they heard you, girl. Say right? it. I just need my check on the 1st of January, right? Thank you. Not, not the 52-week check. That's no, entrepreneurship Mm-mm. is a blessing. Um, I think what a lot of people don't know about entre- the entrepreneurship is that it, it it is hard only because you're becoming a new person. Oh, that's the only mm. thing that's hard about entrepreneurship. Wow, a new person. If you yeah. are becoming a new person, you cannot go into entrepreneurship because yeah. if you already knew what you were supposed to do, you would have did it. There's mm-hmm. something to connect there. That's why it's hard because you're breaking down all the barriers. You probably have to go to therapies to learn new money management. You probably have mm-hmm. to get rid of all of whatever happened to you in your childhood so you can propel into the future. You're becoming a new person. That's the only thing that's hard about entrepreneurship. The only thing. You know, and it's the truth. It's a common thread, right? Because I, I have had these conversations before and it's always the same thing. Like it's a mindset shifting that has to happen in order for you to become the kind of person who can handle one, you know, managing employees, managing this amount of money. Like, yes, you absolutely have to change and shift. And that's hard for some people. So maybe it's not just you know, I like the fact that my money stays green or that, you know, I have, you know, I can clock in and I can clock out. Oh, I don't want the extra hours because, you know, I just want to clock in and clock out. Maybe it's not just that. Maybe it's just you don't want to grow because you can still have your nine to five job if it's that important or if you love what you do. There are some people who genuinely love what they do. Mm -hmm. I didn't, but there's some (laughs) people who do. And so, you know, if that's you, if you if you love what you do and you want to stay, yeah, hats off to you um, because you definitely could be doing it otherwise. But you can do that, but you should still have something else because, like, I know for me, when I was working my job right around, you know, COVID time and it was like, oh, my God, you know, what is this COVID thing, you know, and we were considered essential workers, but essentially, they was going to cut my check by 20% because they were like, well, we got to save some money. You don't even know if you're going to lose no money yet. And you already talking about saving it? No, no, it sounds like bullshit to me. It sounds like y'all mismanaged some funds and you're trying to use this as an excuse. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm trying to, you know, count and carry the one how the hell am i gonna still keep up with all of my bills as a single mother mm-hmm. and you cutting my paycheck by 20 percent? thank god they didn't but it just really woke me up like y'all could give two shits about what i got going on 
from me and my family. So you know what? There goes my dedication to your job. (laughs) There goes my dedication to your organization. Okay? What they call it, quietly quitting. I was loud about my quitting. Like, I I actually... (laughs) Funny story. I actually quit my job and went back. (laughs) I quit quit the ass twice. (laughs) Got the peace sign out, like... Girl, it was during COVID <laughs> and they gave us like this, um, like three months of leave or whatever. You know, the government was real generous around that time. And I was like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm going to be home with my kids. And then at the end of those three months, I was like, oh, business ain't pick up the way I want it to. Um, how are we going to replace this income? I, You know, at the time, I didn't know how to do it. And so I took my ass back to work tail tucked between my legs and I worked for another year after that mm. and then I was like no and the whole time they were like well Shani we're so glad to have you back and I was like don't worry I'm gonna quit again I was really I'm gonna let you know what's going on I was obnoxious <laughs> like, don't worry I'm gonna quit again like I didn't care. I was more, I was determined. I'm gonna quit again. Hilarious. Don't get comfortable with me here because I'm quitting again. <laughs> I know that my coworkers are like, "Yup, she did that." <laughs> but I just like I knew that I could not stay in under those circumstances. I could not. I could not stay. I had to get out of there. Entrepreneurship was not an option for me. It was not an option. I had to do it. Like you said earlier, either it was going to work or it was going to work. And so I said my goodbyes (laughs) for the last time. And I was like, don't worry. I ain't coming back this time. (laughs) You didn't even come back. And I really didn't. I really didn't. I was out. I left because you got to take a chance on you. So for like any of the ladies who are listening, like, yeah, we laughing because we didn't made it over some hurdles. And the thing is, there are other hurdles to come. right? So I'm this ain't it. Hurt. I live for the hurdles now. That's how like, I welcome it. Like, come on. Where you What's at? Up? Me and God, we got it. You know? I'm a vegan now. Like, where you at? <laughs> I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm over that hurdle. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> where you at? Oh my god! <laughs> I know it's gonna be a good kid. <laughs> it's so true though. Like you go through, you know, when I sit and I look back um, at where I am today. This morning, I went walking in my neighborhood. I didn't even know my neighborhood was so good, girl. I was like, "What did they put the park here? <laughs> like, what the, the, the exercise chair too? I was just walking." But it's, it's, it's amazing how God calls you, right? And it's amazing how the journey unfolds in front of you. It's mm-hmm. so amazing. And that fills you up with gratitude. And that, it like, I feel overwhelmed. Because I used to ask God why he called me. Because he's been calling me for a while. I said, God, you know I don't know how to read properly. You know I don't know all them big words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, it's funny. I'm so serious. Like, you know I don't know all them big words, God. And you know I don't know how to, you know I'm Jamaican and I got a little accent and you know I don't know how to pronounce them words. Why would you call me? Mm. And when I stop asking God why me, and I start saying why not me, right? It's like it's like He did a 360. Like yes, this is what I've been waiting for you to say, and everything is just flowing. 
Now, do I still have hurdles? And see, but and that's a mindset shift right there. Yes. That one little piece right there. Instead yeah. of asking why me, why not me? Mm-hmm. Because all those limiting beliefs, that's the difference, right? When you have all the limiting beliefs, you're thinking, why me? I got this problem. I got that problem. I got this. I got... Listen, mm-hmm. a lot of these people who are successful, like they've been through, they've been through their own things, right? But there's no testimony without a test. Ooh, so God. that's why you. That's mm-hmm. exactly why it has to be you. Because you have all those things. What they say, God does not um, call the qualified. He qualifies the called, right? Yeah. That's it right there. And I'm qualified. That's why you. <laughs> and I'm qualified. This morning, I was listening to something. Um, I want the listeners to hear this. Um, I was listening to Dr. Mars Monroe. He's not here anymore. I don't know if you're, yeah, he's very, very good. And he mm-hmm. talked about decision. And something popped in my head. And I was like, the roadmap to this, the decision is a roadmap to failure and success. Like if you put decision and you put two wiggly rows, one says mm-hmm. failure and one says success. Which road are you going to take? I definitely want success, yeah. but success is going to have failure on it, <laughs> right? But not not failure like giving up failure, not failure like right. failure. Mm-hmm. Failure that's a part of the success. Failure yeah. of life. the failure that we we experience in entrepreneurship is something that we don't know. Yeah. If you look at it, like, it's like something I, I didn't know that, so I couldn't do it. It's mm-hmm. like on misinformation and entrepreneurship. Like, I didn't know this is the way I should have sold this product, so I, it didn't sell. But now I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Oh, this is the way I sell this product. So now that I have the information on how to sell this product, oh, this mm-hmm. never happens to me again. Failure in entrepreneurship is always a lack of information in what you don't know. If you look yeah. Yeah. What it is. Failure, it all, failure, failure is just you not making a decision, you being lazy, you sitting mm-hmm. yourself out, you just over there playing with your mind, you just like, I'm giving up. That's what that is. But feeling yeah. entrepreneurship is like, okay, what book do I have to read? Who do I have to get to? Who do, who do I need to coach me to give me this information so I could be successful in this area? It's just mm-hmm. a different failure. There's always um, like part of sales, right? And whoever doesn't is not familiar with sales or who it doesn't like. So I love sales. Like I have, Ooh, now it's like, that's my jam, right? I love to be sold too. <laughs> I love to be sold too. I love to sell to people. It's like, because really it's just like this negotiation and it's like an art, right? Cause it takes you through like this emotional journey where you really qualify yourself. So when you talk about, you know, there's two road decisions that, you know, one will lead to failure and one leads to success. You are, it's, you're qualifying yourself. So it's part of the sales process. If you don't know anything about marketing, part of it is taking you on an emotional journey. One, to recognize what your pain point is, because you may not even know you have it. Two, right? We say, well, now we have the thing to help you fix it. So then we take you through a series of questions like, well, you know, have you experienced this? Like, yeah, that's me. I do experience that. Have you experienced this problem? (gasps) shit, that's me too. You know, and it takes you through that process. And then it says, but would you like to change it? And then this is where the decision part comes in. This is where you decide whether you want to fail in life or whether you want to succeed. And so then it takes you through, well, would you like to have this in your life? Yeah. Would you like to have that? And there are some people who are going to listen to those questions, those qualifying questions. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, yes, I do want that. And I'm in a place now where I want to become the person that I have to be in order to have that. The other people, the ones who are choosing failure, are going to look at those qualifying questions and say, yeah, I want that, but there's always that, but I want that, but what about all these things that I don't have or all these things that are, you know, bad about me? And so 
it is part of the journey. I listen to things now. I sit in rooms now and I see the people who are exactly where I was, who were, you know, qualifying themselves out of the equation. No, I got to sit this one out. I'm not, I'm not that person yet. And then where I am now, we're post-decision to succeed, like deciding to succeed. And it is, I love that you brought that up. Yes. Because it's a part of our sales journey, right? Like, and we are business women and part of our thing is selling. And it's very interesting to see people disqualify themselves for greatness. Yes. (laughs) You know? If you don't believe in yourself, you can't invest in yourself. Yeah. If you, if I, if I, if I didn't believe or before I didn't believe that, I can coach somebody, I can teach somebody, I can show up and do all of this stuff. To invest in myself, to even spend a dollar in myself, even to buy a book. A book would have been like $10. I'd be like, Jesus, fix it. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I didn't even believe in that. Like, like, you know, like I didn't believe in myself. So why am Mm -hmm. I going to invest in something that I don't believe in? Why am I going to spend a dollar because money was controlling my decisions in something I didn't believe in and the something that someone was me. Mm-hmm. Even to spend 10, I was cheap. Even if to spend $10 to buy a book on Amazon, I'm looking for a coupon. I would search an hour on the internet for a coupon to save a dollar fifty. Well, you just wasted an hour of your life. <laughs> <laughs> to save a dollar fifty to buy the thing because I didn't believe in myself. Right, mm-hmm. so you have to. You really have to have a believe in yourself. Now I believe in myself, girl. Amazon know my address. They like she buy more books. I just buy books because I like how they look in my room. <laughs> like I like this. Let me get this. I like this. Who wrote this? Don't judge me. Where are you? But uh, when I started believing in myself more, I started investing in myself more. I started showing up for myself more. I started making sure that I'm put together more. We have to get, we I, we as women, especially single moms, we have, our kids is all we have. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we are all our kids have. So we have to start showing up for ourselves better. And we have to start investing in ourselves because it would trickle down to them. Yep. Some people be like, my kids don't read. I, I can't even get my, my kids to read a book. Do you read, sis? Mm. Mm. Do you? Ouch. Not, <laughs> not ouch like that. Ouch. Like, like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm talking about me, right? I used to pressure my son to be like, why are you not reading? Go pick up a book and read. But I'm mm-hmm. sitting in the real house of Atlanta talking about, yeah, Nene, you funny girl. You can, <laughs> you, you can, you can read, not read, but you can read. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm telling mm-hmm. him to go read a book and I'm sitting on the couch watching The Housewife of Atlanta or watching whatever stupidness on the on TV. But I'm forcing a book down his throat. Like, how am I want him want him to go and read something and he's not even seeing me do it? Right. So when I started to change the way I behave, started to change the way I show up, it started trickling down to my son and I was trickling down to my daughters. I didn't even have to tell them to read. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to tell them to come home and do their homework. I didn't even have to tell them to make the honor roll. I don't yeah. even any of that. I show up, I do it. So it just normally trickles down to them. And if we want our kids to show up and be the best, we have to be the best first. Absolutely. So for us to be the best. So Absolutely. Important. You told me a, a story one time <clears throat> about how your daughter actually is like the mini CEO of the playground, right? <laughs> she her company. She said she built her company. <laughs> I love it. And I actually thought about that the other day. Because my daughter, um, they're home for spring break right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so 
Um, I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm, you know, working because I'm trying to be present. But also I got work to do. right? So I can't be holed up in the office all day. So I'm sitting on the sofa with them. And she's like, oh, mommy, let me see the notebook real quick. And I'm like, okay. So I hand her my notebook and she starts writing and she's like, I'm helping you um, st- uh, build a marketing strategy. And I'm like, okay, sis, well, let me see what you got on the, listen, you don't think your kids are listening, but they absolutely are. Cause here she is, but well, you need a lead magnet. And mommy, don't make the lead magnet too complicated. Make it real simple, but you got to make it attractive. It's got to be something to catch the view. I was like, I like that. Wasn't the older one? Yes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you better get, you better get her on your payroll, honey. Well, listen, <laughs> and if you tax savvy, then you should know. Put your kids on your payroll. <laughs> Both my kids on the payroll. We find something for them to do. They're going to do something. One social media can't get me together, but somebody going to do something, right? So I was, and I mean, but she's really listening. So when I'm, you know, listening to Russell Brunson talk and she just, they're like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and you think she watching whatever foolishness on YouTube, but no, she's paying attention. And I thought, damn, if I knew at that age, what they are learning and picking up from me now, I would seriously just be unstoppable. You just solidify my program. If I knew what somebody could teach me when I was 18, girl, I would have been like far out. Like, you know? So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very important for us to show up for our kids. And I don't play no music in the car. You're going to listen to something else. You're going to listen to T.D. Jakes or Miles Monroe or even um, Jim Rohn. You're going to listen to something. We ain't playing. We ain't playing no, um, we don't know about Bruno or we don't talk about Bruno in my car. (laughs) Bruno is rich. They don't even want to talk about Bruno. We damn sure we talking about Bruno. Bruno is rich. Let's come in here and get some knowledge with this thing. We're not talking about nobody, Bruno. Okay? Listen. No, we ain't playing. Nope. You cannot. Oh, but no, but mm-mm. No, uh-uh. Mm-mm. My mom would always used to say that, like, when we would be, you know, singing one of the songs on the radio, she'd be like, listen, they already made their money. You need to go over there and do your homework. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom. You know? <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's, it's so true. We have to teach them, um... We really have to be a leader for them, especially when we have. I feel like especially when you have girls. Yeah. Especially when you have girls and they look up to you. You think they don't look up to you, but they look up to you. Um, mm-hmm. I heard you. I knew you posted something the other day about raising a teenager girl. If I didn't have on this lace wig, my edges would have been out. <laughs> Listen. Woo. Listen. <laughs> I'm asking my mama for forgiveness, honey. Listen. Oh. I don't and have you know <laughs> she's like a preteen. But let's Yeah. I'm gonna save it for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the older one. She's eleven. She'll actually be twelve on Saturday. And I'm like, oh, so this is what my dad was talking about. When okay, so when I got pregnant and we found out that I was having a girl, mm-hmm. my dad was like, he just started laughing. He thought it was hilarious. I was like, what you laughing for? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> you going to see. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I didn't realize I was shitty at that age, too. But, I, you know, I didn't want to realize it because I'm at that age. Oh, my gosh. I love, 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 love. Let me put my disclaimer. I love these kids. <laughs> but sometimes, Jesus, you got to, like, put my hands behind my back because I'll be ready to fight. Like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? And if you talk to me like I'm growing, I feel like we we could fight like you grow. <laughs> like, but I recognize that she's just 
coming into her own and and she's like um you know like like the exorcist right at this point she just like her head starts spinning you know and she just <laughs> turns into a little monster and then she's just like mommy i love you and i'm just like the hell <laughs> what the hell just happened I'll be where did scared. my baby i'll be scared i'll be like did she, did she just have me she wants something. What she probably wants some Robux. What she want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think now that we are in a different era, we can kind of like talk to them and talk out their feelings and why you feel this way. And it's okay. You're just going through a growth period before it was like, shut up before I give you something to cry for. Or uh-huh. I know you're not turning a woman. Oh, you turning a woman. Oh, you, <laughs> you must be A, B, and C, and, and D, and, and all the whole, all after. I'm like, I, I'm just having hormones. I don't know. <laughs> But now we kind of know, and it's kind of different. And yeah, I get that. My daughter's about to be eleven, and I was like, "Okay, girl." Yeah. And we, I think now we have to talk to them because there are so many things that are infiltrating our children's lives, Mm -hmm. like all the foolishness that is coming through that tiny little screen, right? That phone. Oh my gosh! And it's no matter how much you try to stop it. They're always going to find a way in, whether it's a friend at school who's like, hey, look at this. So there are so many things out there trying to define our children that we have to talk to them. We cannot silence them. We cannot take their voice away. We have to let them know you can speak. There is room for you to speak with respect. Yes. I don't like disrespectful children. Me either. Um, so, but there, I always want to let my kids know, yes, we can talk. It's when you talk to me like you're crazy that I have a problem. <laughs> it's like, pay some of these bills in this house. Yeah. When you start talking outside, you know, out the side of your mouth now, <laughs> wait a second, but let's talk. Like, I, and I leave room for that. Let's have communication. So they tell me what's going on. And like, when they got a little drama with their friends at school, you know, we talk about it. And then when it starts to get too much, I'm like, okay. So what did you learn today? that you didn't know yesterday. And please don't let it be something drama. Like, what did you learn in math? What did you learn in... Oh, oh, you want to know what I learned, learned. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what you learned. I learned. That's your catch you with the caption. What you learn, learn. Tell me what I learned, learn. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Say, but um, My son used to say this to me. I used to think that he used to speak with an attitude, right? Now he's like my best friend. Like, that's my best friend. And... <laughs> Um, I used to think that he spoke with an attitude. I'd be like, don't be talking to me with an attitude. Do you think it's because we come from a certain culture, your parents being Caribbean, my parents being Caribbean, if the tone of their voice is even a little high, we feel like they have an attitude. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's just how I talk. Yes. I'm like, oh, you're talking with a bass in your voice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Raising your voice at me, right? So I don't know if it's, if it's like a culture thing. So now, like when he when he talks, he still talks the same way, but now it's different. Maybe now I receive it different because this is just. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that is that's the way he talked. He wasn't having the attitude when he was like 15, 16, but that's how I received it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you just checked me on something because <laughs> because now, like sometimes my daughter will say something, I'm like, you know, I give her that look, like, wait a second, and she's like, what? What did I do? And she and I can see it in her face, you know, like she genuinely is like, man. I cannot win, you know? Mm. So you saying that now I'm going to check because I think it is a matter of tone. Because even at my big age, there's certain ways I can't say things to my parents. They'll just be like, you know, like, you know what, Shani? I'm done. And they, oh, they love it. Oh, they love it. I'm done. I'm done. 
and just hang up the phone. And I'm just like, hello? <laughs> Let me hang up the phone on them. Mm. Oh, you be there. Mm. Listen, I don't think that ever anybody in the history of everything of life has ever made it from Florida to Georgia that fast. Okay, to take out somebody's teeth. I guarantee. Yeah. I think it's it very cultural, especially coming yeah. back, you know, you know, with a Caribbean family, you was like, you, you, you listen, you don't talk. Mm-hmm. Don't even nod your head. You mm-hmm. don't speak up. So when we're raising our kids and they're more Americanized, you know, because we're like first generation American, mm-hmm. we have to take in consideration what is the culture block. Also, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And now that I have my daughter, and my 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 older daughter is like she's like that too. Like your older daughter, she'd be like, I didn't do anything. I said, You got a little attitude. But I, now I have to catch <laughs> myself. Like that's just how she. And she's like, I, I didn't. And then she start crying, and then I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because they're genuinely hurt. Yeah, because they, and she genuinely don't have any intentions to be disrespectful. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if it's like, um, like, an is it an Americanized? Well, yeah, I guess so because we're also very culturally. I don't know, girl. I'd be trying to figure it out. Like, <laughs> I really want to like understand, or is it just see? Because if I say that it's American versus cultural, you know. For the parents, my parents specifically, who are listening, they're going to be like, oh, so are we wrong? Okay, wait, 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 wait. I don't know that it's necessarily wrong. I just think what feels better for me is to raise my children knowing that they have a voice and that it is okay. Because for a long time, I didn't feel like I had a voice. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like people cared anything about what I had to say. Because for so long, it quiet yourself, sit down, shut your mouth. Like, not okay. Not that my parents are evil, because <laughs> they're great parents. <laughs> great parents, but so much of it was just, you know, a child to stay in a child's place. Yes. But they are literally little people, and they have thoughts, and they have emotions. And if they keep it all in, and they have to figure out what to do with it, then, I mean, someone else is going to help them decide how to express those things, how to interpret those things. And so if you want, as a parent... You know, in 2023, to have any kind of say in what's going on with your children, you have to let them talk. You have to let them be open and really like grow as a person yourself to be able to receive. Like you say, you know, no, that's just the way that they talk. Yes. You know, it's not that they have base or that they have, you know, (laughs) just the way they talk. That's okay. (laughs) I think that's so true because when you get older, you're trying to figure out your voice. Mm-hmm. You're trying to find your voice, and sometimes it's hard because you're gonna to have to go back to where you lost it to find it. I had yeah. to go back to when I was like eight. I think it was eight when I came to America when from Jamaica. So I had to go back to that because I didn't really. My parents wasn't really around. They was in the states. I grew up with my great grandmother. So I had to go back to eight year old Shanika, nine year old Shanika, and find my voice. Mm-hmm. And had to let her know that, because, you know, I always talk about therapy openly, through therapy, still going to therapy, that it's okay to speak and it's okay to have a voice and it's okay to Exactly. So, I, so, so when, when we don't let our kids have a voice, they're going to have a lot of trauma growing up where they feel like they can't speak and everything is going to be inside and they're going to have to, if they find, if they go to therapy, if they do the work, some people don't, but if they do, they're going to have to go back to go forward. Because that's what I have yeah. to find. Right. 
<clears throat> so I think it's like a saving. We're saving our kids that time, you know, the, and effort. Like we don't want them to have to go back because I think that too would lend to why people are struggling so much now trying to find their purpose mm-hmm. is because they haven't had that room and that space to cultivate who they really are. And so <clears throat> I'm trying to, you know, leave space for my kids to recognize, like to come into who they truly, who they truly are, you know? And so I kind of want to ask you about the process of helping, you know, women to find their purpose. Is it like really listening to who they are and allowing them to unveil and just recognize it? Because sometimes we can't, right? Like we know the thing that we're, we're good at, but we're so used to just doing it mm. that we don't really, you know, um, what do I want to say? We don't really, we can't pinpoint it ourselves, so is it a matter of, um, okay, girl, I have to pause because my child done lit the dog in here and he is losing his mind. Isis! <laughs> now I got to edit this out. We was good. I wasn't going to have to do no damn edit. Don't edit it. Let the people see what's real. <laughs> Isis! What the dog? <laughs> Come get the dog. <laughs> I love it. This is um, Entrepreneurship 101. Get the dog. (laughs) This is a good blooper. You know when they show the behind the scenes bloopers? (laughs) You need to do a blooper. (laughs) And he over here, he jumped, closed my door. This is a good blooper. This is Mom 101 Entrepreneurship. Yes, we still, yes, this is how it happens. I still be out here mommying. Okay. I heard a little knock on the door and I'm just like, I know she hear me. I know she hear me in here, right? Like, and I, I just, just get a little knock. Like this with a finger, like, <laughs> I need to sign. <laughs> I'm like this. Nick found the dog in here. He's jumping at my feet. Look. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of uh. entrepreneurship. What were we talking oh, I was going, I was asking. Okay. On purpose. <laughs> Reset. Yes. So we were talking about how, you know, not having that voice for a lot of us impacted our ability to really have the space to cultivate, you know, what our purpose is and what we were really meant to do because we're really, we're just playing small. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious as how the process works to help people find their purpose. Is it just listening to them? And allowing them to, through conversation, unveil what that's like. Not that I want you to get into, like, all of your coaching program, because y'all got to pay money for that. But (laughs) if you could just give us, like, a little insight as to how that works. Definitely, definitely. So one thing I do is I listen, right? I really Mm -hmm. have to listen, because within listening and in practicing how people body languages, it would tell you a lot. So when I have another, when I have a young lady on the call, I'm listening to what she's telling me. She could be telling me that she wants to build a business, but come to her body language, she may be dealing with other stuff, right? She may be mm-hmm. dealing with lack of self-esteem. She don't really believe in herself and her voice. Like, I want to build a business. I want to be a multi-millionaire. I want to quit my nine to five. But do you, your voice, that's not what your voice is saying because your voice is not giving me that power. Your voice mm-hmm. is telling me that something deeper is going inside. You're lacking the self confidence or you lack in the, the the ability to or to know that you're abundant. So one of my favorite assessment that I do is the first thing I do, I'm gonna give it to you here. I do the who am I assessment. Okay. Hold on. We gotta go. I'm <laughs> now you mommy in <laughs> I can hear y'all. 
I can hear you. I'm doing something. But you open the door. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you, but you opened the door. <laughs> How was that not interrupting? Because I swear, like, that's the opposite. <laughs> I love it. Some good bloopers. He's going to have to wait. He was supposed to be here before five o'clock. Oh my gosh. I think this this is how I need to do my show. We don't need to do live. I'm be like, listen, I'm trying to be all perfect. She know better. Um, Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, where was I talking? Okay, about finding their purpose, right? So what I do is I listen to I listen to them, I, I hear what their voice is saying, and I ask them an initial question. One of the main, the first thing I do is I call it the who am I assessment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an assessment that I say, here, I'm going to ask you, who are you? And on another page, they're going through the program. I want you to write down, I want you to take out your pen and paper, and I want you to write down who you are, yeah. right? Who you are. And 99% of the time, they write down, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse, mm-hmm. I'm a this, I'm a that, right? And I said, what if I told you that none of that is who you are? Yeah. And they like, you know, they face that like, what? What you mean? I got all these degrees. What you mean? I'm not, this is not who I am. This is who I am. What you mean? I got <laughs> over here. What you mean? This is not who I am. So they, 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 it's like a light bulb go off. I said, what if I told you that that is not who God says you are? Mm. And then I flipped the next page and I said, this is who you are. You are peace, love, joy, abundant. You are all of these things that are not changeable. Because you see, Mm -hmm. the thing is that we attach ourselves to things that are changeable. That's why we don't know who we are. You have to attach yourself to something that's not changeable. If you're a giver, if you have a dollar, you're going to give it. If you have a thousand, you're going to give it. If you're peace, you're going to always be at peace. If you're joy, you're going to always be that. But if you're a teacher, you may be a teacher one year. You may be a doctor the next year. You may be a nurse. You may be a this. You may be a that. We attach ourselves to what the world says we are and what and what and and not what God says we are. So when I get them to break that mold and start learning about who they really are through this assessment, it's like um, I had a young lady last week on my challenge. She started crying. Mm. I'm like, why are you crying? She was like, I didn't even know who I was until I took this assessment. I thought that who I was was what society was telling me. And I'm a mom and I'm a business owner and I'm a this and I'm a that. I said, you're not that. That's a byproduct of everything that God called you to be. So I think yeah. that one of the biggest things that I try, I do in my mentorship program is to try to see who you are. Let's try to show you who you really are and connect you with who you really are. Because once you know who you are, Oh God, they're powerful. Nobody yeah. tell you nothing. <clears throat> Absolutely. You step like, oh, you get dressed up just to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause you're so powerful. You, you you show up with purpose and intention. And that's what we need in the world. We need women that are going to show up with purpose and intention because the vision is bigger than you. You're supposed to yeah. be engaging a vision bigger than you. So that's what I really try to get the women to see the first straight out the gate. We're going to break all that more. We're going to break all of that mindset. We're going to break down what they said you were and this and this and that and get to mm-hmm. who God says you are. 
and then yeah. let's, go, let's play ball. Let, let's let's build this abundant life. Mm, because you have to stop um, identifying with the roles, yes. right? Like, yes, you're a mother, but what are all the things that you do? What are all the things that make you great at being a mother? Mm-hmm. What are all the things that make you great at being a nurse? Is it your bedside, you know, manner? Is it the way that you speak to people? Because let me tell you, like, nurses are so important. When I was having my first daughter, I was in so much pain, obviously, right? Because we got this big thing that's trying to... Right, okay, we already know. <laughs> and that lady, her name was Heather. And I, I still wish to this day that I could find her and, like, just hug her. And I was in so much pain. I was shaking. And the doctor's like, you got to stop. I need you to stay still because they had to put the epidural in. And she just put her forehead to mine, right? So we were forehead to forehead. And she put her hands right here on my shoulder. And it's just like all the pain went away. Ooh. Right? So is it that? Like, or do you have the ability to do that for people? Because that's powerful. Like, my kid is going to be 12, and I will never forget what that lady did for me. Never. So it's not what you do. It's not your role. It's the thing that makes you show up with excellence in that role. What is that about you? Because everybody ain't got it. Yes. Everybody don't have it. And you should always strive to be excellent in everything you do. I heard, I was listening to something that said, if you cannot do it with excellence, don't do it. In excellence, don't do it. Yeah. Because you will be so far from what your purpose is. That nurse transferred her energy of calmness and peace to mm-hmm. you in that moment because she knew that's what you needed. She was able yeah. to read your body language and she was able to decipher what you need in that moment. Yeah. And give you exactly what you need in that moment. Yeah. That's what we're talking about a vision that's bigger than you because now you will never forget her. Mm-hmm. Never. Never forget her. Never. Never. And you change the way that she probably, you probably look at how the chopper experience just from mm-hmm. her. So yep. this, that's what I, this is what I want women to understand that you are so powerful stuff. You know, I did a live the other day and I said, listen, we need to stop tired. We need to stop being tired of being tired. Like, mm. come on, like stop being tired of being tired. Like, when are you going to tell yourself something new? Yeah. Tell yourself a better story. That's what my mindset coach always said. She was like, you got to tell yourself a better story because we out here telling ourselves all the negative things and we don't have no proof. No proof. We're just, you know, in our own minds, like, "Mm mm-hmm, they was looking at me like that because they was hating on me. They might have been looking at you like that because they farted and it stank. And they were like, oh, I hope nobody else smell it. It might not have nothing to do with you, right? (laughs) But... You done made it up in your mind that they hating on you. And so you so worried about how they hating on you that you can't even keep walking in your purpose, right? Because every time I get up to try to do something great, people be hating on me. Hell with them. Hell with them. Tell yourself, oh, they was looking at me like, damn, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be a baddie like her. You know what I mean? That's the story you got to tell yourself. That is what you have to tell yourself. And like you said earlier that... um. You know, if you can't show up with excellence, it'll show up at all. But let's but let's clarify, not perfection. Because I know somebody out there was like, oh, see, if I can't be perfect, then I might as well not show up. Mm-mm. Nope. Let me get you right together, all the way together, right down now. For the person who said that, oh, see, I just knew it. If I couldn't show up perfect, I wasn't going to show up. No. And I'm talking to your ass right now. If you can't show up with excellence, not perfection. Show up with excellence. Do exactly what you can as well as you can in that moment. And if it ain't perfect, that's okay because next time it will be. Yes. Next time it'll be better. You will learn. And every single time, just imagine like when I did my first podcast episode, I was like, 
damn, I was so afraid to do this. Mm. I was so afraid to do it. And I did it. And the person didn't even know it was my first time. Wow. She was like, this your first time doing this? I was like, yeah. And she was like, wow. And if that was my first one and it was like that, if that's the worst one I will ever do, then amen. thank God. Thank God that that is the worst one I will ever do. And it's just going to get better and better every single time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sis. Sis who listening. Mm-hmm. Who was like, see, I just knew it. I couldn't be perfect. I'm talking to you. Listen, no. perfectionism <laughs> is a killer, okay? Because yes. if, you, if you feel like you have to be perfect to do whatever it is, you are not doing anything. I can, yep. I can already tell you how your life is going to um, um, roll out. I can already tell you how much money you have in your account. If you are mm-hmm. a perfectionist, you are so limit. You're limiting yourself in everything you do. I had to kill. Yeah. I had to take perfectionism outside in my backyard and make the bears eat it. I do have bears in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to. It was like, a crime scene. <laughs> get over that. And for me, it was like social media really helped me to break the perfect break the person that was perfect mm-hmm. because I wanted to show I didn't show up on social media and I didn't want to tell my story because I was like well my hair is not done I don't got on makeup I don't have on this I don't have that this like that but it really helped me like to break out of that perfectionism role and say I'm just going to show up because I have a story to tell somebody needs to hear somebody yeah. needs to be encouraged about you know what's going on or you know my opinion about something and this is what God has called me for. So I use social media in a positive way to motivate myself to mm-hmm. discipline myself in a way like if I put it out there, I'm gonna have to do it because somebody is waiting for me to bring it to fruition. Like I can't take it back. Like I can't take down the post. I'm like, damn, somebody already saw the vegan post. That means I need to do it, right? <laughs> like somebody already saw the post. So- I got to do it. But then in the doing mm-hmm. it, you develop the new disciplines. And I'm like, okay, if I can do this, then I mean, I can do that. And it's just going to yeah. be better and better from there. Take it from me and Shani. Like, our story is not different from your story. The only thing is that we made a decision to show up and walk in our God-given purpose. That's mm-hmm. that. We made a decision. Every day we make a decision. I give them a mental health day because I want him to learn that. And now he's on a journey to like self-discovery, finding himself entrepreneurship. And it's the best decision that he has made. 